This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Kite Podcast. It's our Inside Bodymore preview show for Fulham versus Aston Villa. Now, I've been waiting for the last 20 minutes to start this, John. Uh, John Townlate, says Stephen in the comments. Uh, John, oh. never on time, Townley is here. Uh, John, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm 60 seconds late, I think. So, um, I don't think it's too bad. You told me no. five, but there we go. Well, I won't go through the whole of my journey, but... Um, yeah, I was delayed coming back. So, uh, yeah, pit stop, basically, that I had, to, I had to attend to. So, sorry for being 60 seconds late. Um, I'm sure it's the last time that I'll be late. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. Uh, before we started, the, the live chat was kind of ready, even though we weren't live and uh, just got chatting to different oh, people that. watching. People watching, yeah. Uh, and there's people watching from all over the world, John, which is, which is really nice. Liam is in Milwaukee. Uh, Stephen is in Helsinki. Uh, one Pride Hawkeye is in Des Moines in Iowa, uh, I think that is. Um, yeah, Liam says I got to meet John in Philly, top guy, even when he's late. Uh, Bolg the villain says Wiltshire, UK, and Lewis Abbott is my favorite one who says I'm viewing from Drayton Manor, the theme park, which is probably the most niche place anyone has ever tuned into a podcast from. So, thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, I also said to people, let's get some boos in the chat. And then the chat was just full of people going, boo, for John being late. Uh, so, I've really enjoyed. So, that's entertained me for the last 10 minutes or so. But we're here to entertain you for the next 25, 30 minutes or so uh, to talk about Fulham versus Aston Villa. John, we'll get straight into the bulk of the show today with the press conference. You've just got back from, from Bodymore Heath, literally. That is the point of this show. Uh, how was Unai today? Yeah, Unai was good. Um, always in good spirits, is Unai, in press conferences. And he, he had a lot to say today. There was lots of um, lots of different snippets, I suppose. You know, that, I mean, I can only cover what's said in the broadcast section, which is usually about three or four uh, journalists from uh, BBC, WM, Talk Sports, Sky Sports, you know, broadcast. And then the rest of it is um, saved for newspapers for later on in the day. Um, and there was less people in broadcast today, but they felt like, or I felt like there was more um, kind of, uh, I don't know, how do I say it? More opportunities for content, I suppose. Like usually in a press conference, I'd, I kind of know what I'm going to kind of write about, uh, you know, depending on what the news is. But Emery was talking about different things today, like Tim, uh, DRB, etc. And obviously injury news as well. Quite a few injury mm-hmm. updates. So I don't know. Where do you want to start then? Let's start with the, the Tim Iribunum stuff. I think that, that was interesting to me. I saw a couple of people who were at the presser. I think Jacob was one who said that, you know, he almost went on like an impassioned, almost not rant is the wrong word, but was like got, got quite animated about Tim. Uh, there's a question, uh, comment from Keith here. says, lads, the passion for me and Emery when talking about Tim was encouraging. Now, the impression I got before the press conference was like, there was a lot of kind of... Uh, talk on social media that Kamara is out which we've discussed uh, yeah. Timmy Rabudum comes in he's a defensive midfielder to me that 
doesn't that's not how I see it playing out at all. I think McGinn will drop back in midfield. Tim will be used. We will need him at some point during this season, of course, uh, off the bench or in Europa Conference League games or whatever it is. Tim will play a part now when previously he probably wouldn't have done. But I don't think before today's press conference that Tim Urubunum is ready to start matches in the Premier League for Villa. Does what Unai said about him today sway you on that at all? Do you think he is ready? Um, not particularly, no. I think if you kind of listen to everything that you said, you mentioned that it might take him like one, two, three, four games to kind of really get into the um, groove of it. And yes, it was, he was very passionate. Like us reporters were saying afterwards, you know, we, we were kind of just going along with what Unai said and then all of a sudden you kind of jump back and think, oh, uh, is he shouting at me for kind of not, not looking at him? Um, he did that last week as well, actually, for the... No, maybe two weeks ago now, before the Chelsea game, when someone asked him mm. about would you rather conference league or FA Cup, and he um he really did kind of use his use his voice and try to like explain different things, I suppose, through different tones. But um, I feel but like sorry, just to interrupt. Sorry, I feel like this is sort of probably a silly point because obviously I'm not there, but I feel like he's more confident with his English now. These kind of like outbursts, for want of a better word, where he's been a bit more expressive, is something that shows yeah. confidence in his ability to get his points across better. I think. Yeah, but that could well be the case. I don't know, maybe it's something to do with Villa's injuries as well and the kind of a blip in form. Previously, he probably thought, I can be very calm and relaxed in these press conferences. Mm, but now I think he knows, because obviously the broadcast stuff is what fans see. Uh, the written stuff isn't. That's what fans will read. So um, maybe he's just aware of like, okay, this is kind of my opportunity to kind of speak to the fans as well, mm. even though I'm not directly talking to them. That may be um, another point. But yeah, Tim... I don't see starting against Fulham. I don't see him starting many games this season, if I'm being totally honest, in the last three months of the campaign, because we still have a strong midfield there with John McGinn. You know, Tillemans can play that role as well. Only played once with uh, Louise against Bournemouth when we drew two all. Um, but yeah, McGinn, six games, four wins. What I would say is, though, the opposition when McGinn has played with Louise has been relatively weak compared to, for example, when we played Dendonka, because obviously Dendonka mm-hmm. is more. Forcer, therefore, he plays against Man United twice. Um, once in the uh, win on Unai's first game against United, but then in the Boxing Day defeat. So it's you know you need to take it with context. We'll know after the next three or four games what exactly um, Unai has planned. But when he was asked about that question of you know how are you going to replace Kamara, the first thing he said was John McGinn is versatile and kind of said there he's going to play but then he kind of went on to talk about also Tielemans can do it and then also we have Tim who I didn't sell in January or you know loan out because I want to work with him Um, Mm. and I did a video a couple days ago basically explaining that I wouldn't be surprised if you know Tim went to QPR and he played in a role that isn't what he'd be doing at Villa basically in the rest of this season playing that Kamara role he was kind of being asked to play more advanced be more box to box defensively he has a lot of work to do whether he's done that over the last six months or so, you know, possibly. Um, but I think Emery probably thought, well, is it worth me loaning Tim to a different team and him playing in a different role to what he would be asked from me when he returns to Villa? Do you know what I mean? So he's clearly got lots of talent, but I think Emery probably thinks, right, this is my little project that I'm going to, um, you know, do with Tim uh, and I'll improve him at Bodymore because I know what I want from him rather than the Swansea manager or the Ipswich manager or whatever, who will be telling him different things like we saw at QPR last season. So, um yeah, I don't expect him to, you know, be massively involved. Do I expect him to have more minutes? Yes. Um, and yeah, Emery clearly rates him. And that kind of impassioned speech that you talk about, he was also kind of referencing Kessler as well. 
uh, previously in the press conference, he basically said we've we've lost some players, but we've now got some more as well. We've obviously got Rogers, we've got Kessler coming back. Tim was injured until about November. Don't forget, he didn't have a preseason, so um, that's you know not like a new signing because he's not going to have a massive impact. But Emery sees it as is this group of players. We've added Kane, we've added Tim in the last few months. Obviously, Rogers as well. So, and that'll be the case again in the summer when Lionel Sousa comes back uh, or joins, same as Costa. Hmm. Um, just a, a random side point. I saw this on social media just before we started about Unai's appearance. It was like it looks like a man who's not slept for the whole week, given what's happened to us uh, with the Man United defeat and the Kamara injury. One picture him, he looked really like not clean shaven, red red eyes. The thing I picked up on is wearing a hoodie. That felt really weird to me for some reason. It's the only like tracksuit or suit. See, you know, I am wearing a hoodie. It felt like something I shouldn't be seeing. It's because they're, well, I don't know if I'm giving anything away by saying it, but I presume that they're traveling tonight to London. Um, yeah. So it's kind of yeah. like a, a leisure, comfy, work, you know, comfortable. Yeah. Um, to me, that was like he's been sleeping at Body More all week and I'm just wearing my comfy clothes. Well, that could also be the case. But no, I, <laughs> I believe it was like parked outside. So they were kind of ready. I'm pretty sure they're. In these away games, if they do a press conference before, it's kind of like training, lunch, mm. press conference, leave for a uh, hotel and then stay mm. over, play the game. So, yeah, just a comfy leisure wear, I think, for the yeah. trip. Uh, let's get into the injury update then. A few little bits and pieces here to talk about. Uh, we'll start with Torres and Dean, who are both available to start this weekend. That's yep. good, isn't it? Good news. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Great news. I'd expect Torres to start with Longley. Obviously, that's two left foot yeah. centre backs, which <laughs> does concern. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. But um, yeah, they could both start. Is this injury news, by the way? Sorry, I missed that. Yeah, yeah, injury news. Uh, Dean, yes, could start again. I don't think he will because for me, Moreno had his best game in the season so far against United. Um, maybe that was because United aren't very good defensively, and we should have, you know, scored more goals than we did. Uh, Ramsey. Mm-hmm. No coincidence, he played his best game as well because I think United are quite open. Um, but those players need those games, you know, high level games, but they need confidence as well. And I think Moreno has got or is getting that now. So um, I don't think there's a need to rush Luca Dean back. He's had a hamstring injury. We know how, you know, difficult they can be to manage in the first few weeks when you are back to fitness. Um, so the main update, I suppose, is Carlos, I guess. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, three to four weeks, Emery says. Again, that's something that they'll just have to monitor. It's not going to be an exact game or day. Hamstrings and hamstring injuries aren't, you know, like Luca Dean. Emery is very spe- specific. Yeah, he hasn't played, you know, in the last um, few weeks after returning from training. So it all depends on how Carlos uh, responds to it. I think he had a hamstring injury at the start of the season, if I'm not mistaken, when he came off against Liverpool, I think. Bailey came on and then he came off again in the second half. But um, yeah. He didn't kind of take too long to recover from that one. So hopefully this one won't be too bad either. Mm. Um, Tyra Mings and Emi Buendia, obviously there was like a big thing on social media the, the other day, kind of completely blown out of proportion. Um, 
that surprised me a little bit. That did picture he's talking about the picture of Mings sat on a bike at Bodymore, and then Fabrizio Romano tweeting that he's, he's returned to training, and people going, "Well, bloody hell, maybe he's going to be back sooner than we thought." Yeah, it's not the first time Tyra Mings has been at Bodymore Heath, no. No, no, no. He's been training and <clears throat> training. He's been doing gym work for weeks and weeks now. So yeah. I, I think there's a couple of things of maybe lost in translation from Fabrizio was training as in gym work, uh, mm. and the second bit of kind of I don't know. You know, I'm not the one to suggest that for Richard doesn't do his homework, but you know what I mean? It, he wasn't um, back and ready to feature. I think he mentioned that it's a good boost yeah. or something. He's not going to play um, or very unlikely to play. Emery says he doesn't expect it from both of them. But he did say that he hopes that they will both, Buendia and Mings, be available for um, training towards the end of the season. So, I don't know, say May time, maybe they can kind of return to pretty much full training or at least, you know, contact and stuff like that and then you know going into the pre-season are they going to be ready um to kind of have that full pre-season without any little issues for example Kamara won't have that pre-season he'll have to yeah. work his way when he returns in uh October or September which is a good kind of smooth um segue to that so Kamara September October time again he's going to need a bit of time to get fully back into the groove of things so you're looking at Christmas aren't you yeah, when the fixture list comes out, you look at well, maybe November or something, but around that time when they um when they change the ball from the white one to the yellow one, that's when Kamara will be back. So yeah, he'll miss <laughs> much of the season. Um, hopefully not too many of our Champions League games. And who else have we got? <laughs> yeah, I'm good form tonight. I'm enjoying this. Who else have we got? The... Help me out, uh, Concer. Uh, no update on Concer as such, but. I mean, that's a good thing, right? It's going to be... Yeah, let, let's let's talk about concert quickly. We get comments on this, and I've seen comments on your social media today after the press conference and various updates that have been posted. Any news yeah. on concert? What's happening with concert? A lot of rumours going around over the last, I don't know, week, 10 days or so that concert's got an ACL and it's going to be another bad injury for Villa and it's a serious one. And we were initially told by Emery in a press conference after it happened, three to four weeks, Um yeah, with these kind of things that are uh, that are weeks rather than months, we've seen with Torres. You think, oh, you know, two, three, four weeks, and it extends to five or six, and that's pretty commonplace, isn't it? To be to be out by a couple of weeks, or Diego Carlos, for example, he said three or four weeks it could be five or six, depending on how he how he kind yeah, of yeah. Uh, deals with the recovery. People are suggesting that it's three to four weeks, then go, oh no, no, it's six to eight months because it's an ACL is total rumour and fabrication come out of nowhere. The fact that there's no further updates from the club or Emery now, and there's been a couple of games passed and press conferences passed since those rumours, show that it's rubbish, show that people are still going on of what's happening with Conte, is it a bad one, is it a bad one? No, it isn't. It's three or four weeks and, you know, give or take a couple of weeks either side if it takes a little bit longer than we think, but it's not a serious season-ending ACL injury, is it? No, so what I'm led to believe is that obviously he sprained his knee against uh, Sheffield United. The diagnosis then was, as I said, sprained knee. So you're looking at around four weeks. But then it's kind of commonplace to continue to do some tests if, you know, there's any doubt or whatever. As far as I'm aware, he's had those tests and clearly nothing's been said or has come up yeah. from that. Um, and yeah, of course, there'd be a, you know, a club statement if he you know, if he's out for the season with an ACL. And again, that isn't the case. So, um, yeah, you're looking at weeks. Again, I don't like giving a specific time. You know, I, I can sit here and say, oh, yeah, another four weeks. But I could say that after each week. It doesn't... Um, I don't want to put myself in a kind of a time frame or, or a game where he will return. But, of course, he'll be back for... Um, I don't want to say the running. For me, running is like six games, but I don't know. <laughs> let's say after these four games, let's look at where Concer is then. Uh, can he return to training? That sort of thing. Can he um, 
you know, have more load. And then you're looking at, I don't know, the last, last 10 games, where are we then? Do we have Carlos back? Is Conza back? Mm. Um, you know, we, obviously we're without uh, Kamara for the rest of the season, but when we can get Carlos and Conza back, let's say it is after Tottenham or uh, around, you know, that period of, you know, games. We, we, let's just put the next four as kind of, this is our squad. Um, you know, I've said it before, my kind of positive nugget is that if we beat Fulham, uh, you know, depending on other results, even if Tottenham match our results, we can, we will be above Tottenham if we win our next two games, put it that way, because yeah. Tottenham don't play uh, when we play Nottingham Forest at home. So we can go into that Tottenham game as long as we don't you know, lose to Luton or whatever, but you get my gist. We can go into that Tottenham game knowing that we'll either be ahead of them or pretty much level on points. Obviously, they'll have a game extra to play against Chelsea away. But it's nice kind of mentality um, to have. And then you're going to get Conza back and Carlos back. And then all of a sudden your squad is looking a bit more padded out. Again, no Kamara. But if we can win those games or win at least some of them with John McGinn playing with Louise, um, then, yeah, you just go into the rest of the season. Then we've, okay, this is where we are. This is what we've got. Uh, let's just give the next 10, nine or the last 10, nine games as much as we can um, and see where we end up. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's enough for injuries, isn't it? I've not missed anyone off. Everyone else is fitting around. Um, One sec, I did make a note. Bear with me. I don't think so. There's no, as far as I'm aware, there's no fresh injuries. Emery didn't mention any fresh injuries. So uh, I think that's Shalot, I think. Okay, right. Let's move on to away from match day then, the part of the show where we get to talk about something that is not related to Fulham or Aston Villa at the weekend. Uh, and for this one, I just want to quickly talk about the Conference League. Um, me and Neil did a show yesterday uh, called Six Reasons to be Positive because you know, the last couple of shows we've done have not been very positive. But all that's in the past now. It's a new, fresh start, new game to talk about. Here we are. Um, Conference League, obviously, uh, playoff round or whatever you want to call it, knockout playoff thing is been back this week, uh, the first leg of those games that Villa managed managed to avoid by going top of their group. Just wanted to kind of give reference to that's back soon and kind of what like what the next stages are for those that maybe aren't fully up to speed with it. Um, so my understanding of it is, John, and you can butt in and correct me if I'm incorrect here. Uh, obviously, this playoff round is happening at the moment. The first games were yesterday. The second leg is next Thursday. Uh, so those eight games that are being played were the runners-up from the group stages versus people that dropped down from the Europa League. Is that yes. correct? Yeah. yeah. The winners of those eight games will then play the uh, eight sides that top their group as Villa did. Yeah. Uh, and those are being played on, is it March the 7th and the 14th? Yes. Yeah. So that's when Villa are back in European action. So it's still another two, three weeks yet. Uh, but like I said, I just wanted to give reference to it. Uh, oh, yeah. And when the draw is, is something that probably people maybe might not be aware of, am I right saying that's this time next week? Friday. Yes, which would be next week. Yeah. Which Seven would be next week, yes. Yeah. Um, so kind of just a little comment from you, John, that you know, European football is back. And that, of course, that is something to be positive about. I'm very grateful that we're not playing in this two-legged playoff round with what's happened with our yeah. injuries at the moment. It's been really good to avoid that. Um, but give you know two, another two or three weeks or so but we'll be back in European contention in a knockout game against somebody that we will find out this time next week. Uh, and that's something really positive and something to look forward to. Yeah, for sure. I think I might read out the um, the teams that aren't in it at the moment. I mean, obviously, some of the results that happened last night um quite interesting as well. For example, Betis lost at home to Dinamo mm-hmm. Zagreb. Zagreb are you know, a good team, but I'd have thought Betis would be one of the favourites to win it alongside us, I think. Um yeah. 
to them losing so they lost their home game obviously they they were in the Europa League so they'll be going to Zagreb needing to win by two goals which is quite a tough ask so um mm. they could be knocked out Ajax came back from two goals down against Bordeaux Glimpt um I mean, even if we played Ajax, I think we should be able to beat them because they're just clearly not very good. But a glimpse, I mean, fair play going to um, their stadium, your know, big stadium and stuff and playing well. Um, yeah, Legia Warsaw as well, kind of hanging on to 3-0 down, came back to 3-2, which kind of puts them in a very good position now, I think, to go through. Of course, we can then play them in the uh, round of 16. But the teams who are with us, so the other seven teams who will be in the draw that we can't play, but <laughs> top group... Um, if I just get them up quickly, it's Fiorentina, Pauk, Fenerbahce, Lille, Maccabi Tel Aviv, Club Brugge, and Victoria Pilsen. So some good teams there. Obviously, we're in there as well. Um, but yeah, draw next Friday. Some of the teams who um, played yesterday will obviously be in there as well. You're looking at probably Olympiakos, probably Legia Warsaw, I think now. So we can only play one of the teams that is in this playoff round. We can't play any yeah. of the other guys that top their group. Yeah. Shall I read some of them out? So Stumgratz, um, great pronunciation, by the way. Uh, I think they won against Slovan Bratislava quite comfortably, so they'll be in the draw. And so we could play them. That's one of the eight teams we could play. Savet or Ludogorets, they drew. Uh, Union Saint-Gilois or Frankfurt, they drew as well. So you're probably thinking Frankfurt go through because they're at home. Uh, Dinamo Zagreb are likely to beat Real Betis. Olympiakos should go through against Ferris Faros, I think I say is it. Olymp- uh, Ajax then Bodo Glimps. I don't know who goes through there. And Mulder, Legia Warsaw, maybe Legia Warsaw. Maccabi, Haifa and Ghent are the other two as well. So out of those eight teams, we'll play one. And then in the quarterfinal, we could then play the teams I mentioned earlier, who were mm-hmm. Fenerbahce, Lille, those guys. So, um, yeah. yeah, no, it's exciting. I get excited for the... Uh, for any cup draw so next Friday it will be quite big because it, again it's like we're actually in we're deep in the competition now and it's a European cup as much as a kind of you know you know I don't know I don't want to say I poo-poo it sometimes but I've said my bit on that um, yeah it's an opportunity to win a trophy yeah somebody in the comments just said what time is the draw from the Europa League website uh, Conference League website it says uh, that the seedings groupings and procedure will be available online at 9am CET and the draw is being done in Switzerland at 1pm CET I'm not quite sure what CET is is that European time I think they'll do the I think they do the Champions League draw oh, no, that's, I think the Champions League's already been drawn I think they'll do the Europa League draw before Conference League mm. and then um is it 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock our time? I'm not too sure. but Yeah, so you're looking at lunchtime next Friday. Incidentally, next weekend, Villa will also play at 3 o'clock again at home to Nottingham Forest. So our preview show that we're doing now for Fulham, that we do for Forest next week, will be the same kind of time, 5 o'clock, if John is on time, uh, uh, as a live stream. So we'll react to the we'll have... Conference League draw as well. Yeah, Emery uh, next will... Friday will, will, will be quite next week. Yeah, I don't think Emery will say anything particularly like juicy about it, but we'll get his kind of raw reaction as well because the press conference is usually about half one, two o'clock. So it'll be just after the draw has been made. So um, mm. yeah, that will say much. But I mean, if it's Legia Warsaw, maybe there'll be more to say. Probably not from Emily though. But, no, yeah. I saw that um, Neil called Legia Warsaw Mayonnaise FC after the, the one of their fans threw that mayonnaise but on and fell over outside the whole end, which I'm a big fan of. And I'd rather not play them again, to be honest. Um, let's get on with the rest let's, of the show then. Other. Go on. You know the guy, Moochie, the winger that was... I thought very, very good. 
in the home leg mm. and away leg for them. He scored at the whole end. Great goal. He's now left for Besiktas, I think. So okay. I've kind of calmed myself down in case we were to get leg here. <laughs> we, I mean, we, we should, if we're talking about Villa going all the way and being one of the favourites, whoever we draw, we should be beating anyway. So yeah, I'm not really concerned at this point who it is. I back us to beat anybody. I don't think any of those games will be easy, but yeah, if you can win the home game two by two goals, you'd like to think that the away leg, you know, yeah. and you play away first, by the way, in the round of 16. Yeah, so. I think that's that's quite an advantage. I'd rather be away first and then have to kind of recoup it at home if we had to. But if you win that's away, you're, you're absolutely set up to go through. Right, onwards then with the Fulham... Uh, show uh would have predicted 11 next now this is a bit more interesting than normal john when we just go oh, unchanged again is it it won't be unchanged this week due to the injuries to carlos and kamara so how do you think una and Marie will line villa up tomorrow so martinez in goal cash right back i think Mourinho will keep his place at left back i think dean will have mm-hmm. to be kind of worked his way into things so i wouldn't be surprised if he came off the bench for example um Longley and Torres should play as a partnership. I think obviously the uh, the backup options there are Callum Chambers. Well, is only Callum Chambers, and yeah. I, I don't think, he, apart from being right-footed, kind of you know Torres obviously or Longley win every other sort of you know conversation with it. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I, I, just, I mean, <laughs> going to Fulham is a tough game for a start. So I think if Torres and Longley can play well, then I'll you know be I'll be happy to see them play. You know, instead of Carlos or concert until they're back. So, um, you know, tomorrow's a bit of an acid test, really, for those two. <clears throat> I'd expect McGinn to play with Louise and the kind of pivot. Uh, Ramsey off the left, kind of him and Moreno doing their thing. And on the right, I think, I don't know, I'm kind of questioning would Tielemans play or Diaby? I think Diaby might get a shout or Bailey, sorry, kind of those two, you know, if you will, on the right. And then obviously Watkins up front. But I think that's the kind of question mark in this team now. It's, um, because McGinn's going to be pulled back, I think, then it would leave that one space in front. And Tielemans usually plays off the left, which is obviously Ramsey's preferred position. So it does leave that place on the right open for Bailey or Diaby, you know, whichever one plays to Watkins or plays, you know, more wide. Um, so that's interesting. And I do like the combination that Diaby and Bailey have. They're so quick and they know each other so well. I think it would cause problems for any defender. And Robinson, yeah. left back, the Fulham left back, is a very good player. But he likes to get forward. So if we can kind of double up on that side almost, as though having those two attacking threats, um, there's going to be space at some point in the game. And Fulham can see a lot of shots. I think 46 in the last two games, which uh, 20 in each match against Bournemouth and Everton. If they concede another 20 against Villa, that would be the most since Norwich in 2019. Obviously, they were relegated, not very good. So um, yeah, Fulham are a good team and they are dangerous. But they leave them. They will leave themselves exposed a little bit. I think. Um, yeah. That's that Villa. I think should go there and try and exploit. Two comments very quickly. Jason says, "Since when were the ads during a live stream? Terrible from YouTube." Yeah, I will quickly say we can turn ads on or off for live streams, and obviously it's a business we have to have it on. But we yeah. don't have a say of when those ads come for YouTube. Really, in the pre-recorded shows that we do i do get to place them in manually and i'll try and limit them as best i can although youtube changed its ads recently and like it used to be like you get like a 20 second one and you could skip it now when i'm watching stuff you get like 45 second ones that you have to watch that's not yeah. on us that is a youtube thing that they've changed yeah. the audio version it's like a minute to 
yeah, some of it's ridiculous. It never used to be like that. That is a YouTube thing rather than the specific person you're watching is like making that happen. For those that are listening on Spotify and, and whatnot, I do get to place them manually and we have to do two two ads in each break or whatever it is. Uh, but yeah, for a live stream, that shouldn't really be happening. But like I said, it's not really my fault. So apologies on YouTube's behalf, uh, Jason. The other comment back to football um, is from uh, James, who says two left-footed centre backs in Powell and Longley, or is Callum Chambers worth a shout? Now I'm not. Um, I don't like kind of like oh so and so's playing, so that's that's a disaster. I've, I've never really been like that. But if Callum Chambers is our option at centre back, I would be concerned. So no, I don't think he's worth a shout to well, be honest. Well, Emery did touch on it in the um, the classic embargo section, so it won't be out till later and. <laughs> I'm totally honest, I can't quite remember exactly what I said and I couldn't tell you anyway, but there may or may not be some quotes about Callum Chambers. <laughs> um, oh, like, it depends what, what the best line is, but um, I don't think it's been anything kind of groundbreaking, but I guess it's like a hint. He hasn't kind of ruled it out, should we say. Okay, all right. Uh, so more on Callum Chambers or, or maybe not later this evening. <laughs> Uh, that will spark the comments of going, what is an embargo again? But I feel like we speak about that every week. Um, two left-footed centre-backs, Powell and Longley. We've spoken about this at the start of the season when we thought it was going to be Mings and Torres playing a lot together. And could they play two left-footed? And it, it's a conversation that comes up all the time. The easy uh, argument against that, people will say, is well, if it was two right-footers, you wouldn't bat an eyelid at it. So why is this a conversation in the first place, John, that two left-footers is a problem? And do you actually think it is a problem to play two left-sided players at the same time? We'll find out if it's a problem <laughs> for us, I suppose. Um, yeah. The way I see it, I, yeah, it is a, an issue because I don't know what it is. And I'm, this isn't me. Um, my, I don't know. This might sound a bit stupid. But in football or whenever I've played football with different people, if you're a left-footer, the odds are you can't use your ver- your right foot very well, but then right-footed players can use their left foot at least to a decent level, if not These use it well. Though, they should be able to use both feet. I don't know how to explain that, but it almost feels like people with a left foot, apart from a kind of a select few. You know, i.e. Conor Horan, I don't think he's touched the ball with his right foot. He didn't really need to too much, but you know, I and Robin, those players, but I can't think of yeah. a right foot player that's, I don't know. Um, no, there will be some. The issue is, yeah, some, but I feel like the vast majority of left foot players can't use their right foot very well, whereas, you know, the opposite is more balanced. But um, kind of as a start, Emery doesn't like playing left and left. Again, right and right, he'd prefer to have a left in there as well because um, we saw out in the USA that he'd play Mings and uh, Konza and he'd always have Torres as a left back, basically doing what Konza would be doing, but the, the other way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't think it worked very well. Again, only pre-season, but uh, I think we struggled with that kind of system. Whereas, whereas uh, when Conser did it, sorry, uh, it's much more secure. Again, Conser's played at right back previously in his career, and he knows the position better than Torres. Torres just looked very vulnerable. So I don't know if that's something that Emery was thinking, kind of you know, without this long-term Mings injury, whether Torres would play more um, towards the left rather than central. I don't know, but. You know, whether it's an actual issue or it's something that we can cope with over the next few weeks, we'll find out. But yeah, yeah obviously, going into the game, it's quite easy for a striker. You know exactly what angle you're pressing at. Do you know what I mean? If it's a long lay on the left, which I'm sorry, on the right, which I presume it would be because Torres was more um, proficient with his left than long lay. Long lay is good on his left, of course, uh, unless I've missed something kind of in terms of which one has a better right foot. But you know that you're going to press on his right, sorry, on, on his left because you want him to shift the ball to his right and play a 
crap pass to Matty mm. Cash. And it, it does limit our build-up on that right-hand side quite a lot, I think, unless Fulham don't press us, because obviously without any pressure, you can use your left foot when you like. But if they are pressing you and forcing you onto your right foot, then obviously that's an issue. And you don't want him to, or whoever's there to, you know, fluster and rush and, you know, give the ball away on the edge of the box or when we're high up and then it causes a turnover and they've got some quick players for them. So um, it's definitely an issue for me and something that's very easy to identify and very hard for us to stop as well. So, um, yeah, that's probably quite negative, but I think that's the fact of it. Okay, interesting. Well, we'll find out tomorrow, won't we? Whether it's a a, gen, a generic issue in football that two left footers is a problem is irrelevant. If Villa's two left footed players happen to work well together, we will literally find out tomorrow and, and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, and on the flip side of that, just because it's okay tomorrow means it might not be okay in the long term. And we do need that right footer back. But again, that is delving into the, the realms of being too negative. So let's move on, John, and finish the show with our score predictions. No op- opposition view this week, sadly. Score predictions then for Man United. I went for 3 2 Villa. You went for 2 2. And it was, of course, 1 2. Two, so none of us were even close. Uh, I went with win. You went draw. Oh, so so well, yeah, but I mean, in terms of like, none of us predicted Villa to to lose. So not close in that sense. Yeah. Scoreline, obviously, not far away. Uh, so for Fulham this weekend, are we in the realms of must win, or is that too over the top? I don't like. You know, I don't like the phrase must win. Um, I know you don't, but I have to ask. No, <laughs> like we not. probably are. If 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 we don't win, then we stay fifth. Like it's not a must win. If you offered me seven points in the next three games, would you take it? I think that's the kind of question. Um, yeah. But you know, coming after would, would, you, the game, would you take it? <laughs> I would. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> so this way, we'd be above Tottenham before we play them. So maybe yeah. I would. I think. Yeah, we take every game as it comes. Now I sound like a manager saying that, but you know. Coming out of Crown Cottage tomorrow, if we draw the game without context, we you know it's just even game we draw one all. I don't know if I'd be happy with that because that feels like we've dropped points. Um, I just think if we can win tomorrow, it gives us a massive boost because we've done. You know, I don't think we've won back to back games away from home all season, which is something that I was shocked at when I looked at it um, mm-hmm. in the league away from home and. I just think with all the injuries and stuff we have, if we can get a win, it would give us a massive boost because now we know that we can go to, you know, somewhere that's, you know, relatively difficult to play at. Fulham have got a decent home record. I think it's the eighth best in the league. So we're technically going to a team who, based on the home form, is competing for Europe. I know in kind of a roundabout way, that's uh, not the, you know, not the case, but it's going to be a difficult game. And if we can get a win, it'll be huge for us. So, um yeah, is it a must-win? Uh, no, <laughs> but every game feels like we have to win because because we've kind of given us a bit of work to do now because of the United results. I think United play Fulham, Luton and Forest in the next three as well. So it really just feels like we're competing against Man United this whole season, to be honest. We've lost them twice, yeah, which is painful. Uh, and then next you, three games... You said that. So- Sorry to interrupt. You said that, and so did Neil. I don't know whether you got it off Neil on the podcast we did... Yesterday, he also said that we play the same three opponents against Man United next. But I checked the fixed stuff that, and that's not true. They play Luton, Fulham, and Man City. It's not Forest. They don't play Forest because they play them already. So he also said that we play the same three opponents next, but we don't. 
So okay. the, the that, that kind of that kind of mini league, if you like. We both play Luton and Fulham in the next three, but our third game is Forest. Man United's third game is Man City. So you would like to think, even if they match us in the other two games, oh. if we beat Forest and Man City beat United, that gap could open up again in the space of a couple of weeks. So yeah, yeah you, you're still correct right, that these next few games are really important. Oh, sorry, yeah, that game I think has been rescheduled again. Oh, it's the FA Cup against Forest. There we go. There we that's go. what. No, that's where the confusion wild. comes from. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. to summarise, then must win, maybe not, because like you say, if we don't win tomorrow, is it the end of the world? No, obviously, mm-hmm. but it certainly feels like must not lose, and I feel like you just need to get that get that result out of the way. Really, You've got Newcastle defeat, Sheffield United win, but come on, Sheffield United, Man United defeat. If Fulham isn't a win, it's going to just feel that mood again, isn't it? Of Another missed opportunity. I know, I know, I know, I know. But to me, in that sense, it feels like for for us as fans and for what it means to kind of momentum and confidence and whatnot, it feels like must win in those terms. But if we don't win tomorrow, can we still finish top five? Yeah, obviously, because it's 13 more games, so it's not must win, literally. Um, But it feels like we kind of have to, we just have to start winning games now regularly. And this is the perfect opportunity to start a kind of mini run of three in a row, ideally. Yeah, so yeah, I'll go first for a change and I will say 3-1 to Villa a nice convincing comfortable win on the road Fulham are decent I, I agree with everything you've said but let's make a statement let's go out and win the game yeah I'll oh, I don't know um, 2-1 Villa okay. that's my heart saying that my head says it'll probably be a draw but you are right the next three games are massive because um, all of a sudden we'll find ourselves you know mid-March kind of thing and it is then technically the running and then we know what games we're playing. We know what everyone else is doing. Everyone starts adding up how many points that the teams are going to get. If we can have, again, a bit of a gap, at least five points and we don't lose anything on United, then we can go into the last kind of knockings of the season knowing what we need to do. The only thing is we go to Arsenal and we go to Man City. I'm not saying that we are going to lose those games because we will compete, but those two opportunities for the teams that we already know about, they can gain points on us there. So, when we are going to places like Fulham, you are right, Dan. It ultimately that is an opportunity to win a match. Like we can't look at it as oh, this is difficult. You know, do we take a draw? It, we need to go into every game now, trying to win it, like we were at the start of the season. We need to now replicate that form again and kind of get out of this blip and make sure it's not like a you know a kind of prolonged slump. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I, I do think uh, so. Kind of like head versus heart. I do think we will genuinely, genuinely win tomorrow. So, uh, fingers crossed that is the case. Uh, John, thanks for joining me uh, this evening. Really appreciate it. And thanks everyone for watching it along live on Facebook or YouTube from all over the world, as we mentioned at the very top. Uh, just a shout out to that. If you're watching this on Catch Up and you're not based, you know, I was just thinking everyone who watches must be based like in Birmingham if you're a Villa family. Obviously, I know that that isn't the case. Uh, so let us know where you're tuning in from because I find those things really interesting. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow for the post match show with me and somebody. I'm unsure who yet it won't be you though John I know that for a fact and hopefully we are talking about huge three points for Villa to really kind of set a little run on the go to to kind of secure top five and and make that gap over Man United count Uh, so thanks everyone for tuning in we'll see you again tomorrow uh, up the Villa